Restarting Australia's housing bubble. Let's have a look. Good morning everyone. Florian Heiser here and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I've got my morning stein of coffee and I thought we would start the day by looking at this article from Business Insider looking at the potential for the housing bubble in Australia to be restarted if we implement negative interest rates and quantitative easing, which are both being discussed more and more in the media. Now, before we go through this article, I want to jump over to two bits of information, or two websites. One is from Trading Economics, looking at the housing price index quarter on quarter. And then we'll have a look at just some information here from the RBA. Now, I've discussed negative interest rates in the past, and I will link to that video right above here. And I've also discussed quantitative easing both quite recently. Recently, they're both appearing in the media more and more. It seems like, well, maybe my tinfoil hat theory crafting is going on, that we are being prepped for these type of things. Now, if you haven't watched these videos, please have a look. And if you think this type of content is valuable, please share it with your friends, family on social media. Get the word out, just so we're aware of what's being told to us, and maybe have a bit of a contrarian perspective to it. So let's jump to trading economics. The house price index in Australia dropped 0.7% quarter on quarter in the second quarter of 2019. So this shows you just the house price index, uh, which is an index of house prices in Australia. And we can go over max. We can just see how the percentage change of it is changing quarter on quarter. And in the last quarter we had data, it shot up. But let's jump over here to the ABS, the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And this is just the June key statistics. So we will be getting more data eventually. But what we can see here is interesting. is just seeing the quarter on quarter changes in each of the different cities. You know, and now Melbourne and Sydney have gone up and they really weigh the whole index a fair bit and the valuation of property. But one, I, one little graph, I'm sorry, not about this release analysis. I just wanted to show you was down here, the total value of dwelling stock in Australia from 2016 June to June 2019. So you can see here it kind of peaked in December 2017 and it's gone back down. Now this is just important to consider because this also has a wealth effect and a flow on to the rest of the economy. 60% of spending is consumer spending from the household sector and that will you'll have a psychological impact. If you feel more wealthy or you've got you know, a million dollar house, you've got to get the most, you know, the, the couch to match it and the nice furniture to match it, don't you? It all flows on. Now, another chart I'm going to bring up just to draw to people's attention, which I've been referring frequently, is this one here. This shows you foreign investment, uh, the foreign investment review board, and it shows you foreign investment as a percentage of housing approvals from the ABS. You can see here in the black, it's over 90%, guys. Over 90% back in 14, 15, between you know, up to 16, 17. So you can see here how it spiked and it shot down. Now, another thing to consider is blue is new new purchases. Now, those new houses or apartments are encountered as part of CPI. Existing ones aren't, and land isn't. But land and existing houses will be influenced by the price impact of this sector. So it all flows through to our cost of living. So these are all things to consider when we are hearing talk, when we're hearing talk of quantitative easing and 
negative interest rates to encourage more spending, particularly if it continues with the housing boom. I mean, right now, housing affordability is just ludicrous. It is ludicrous. And I'm going to have a shot of my coffee before I go into this. Because it's my first coffee for the day. So, a massive housing bubble could form if Australia pulls the trigger on negative interest rates and quantitative easing, analysts warn. So RBA Governor Philip Lowe may have largely endorsed the use of negative interest rates and quantitative easing, but some analysts warn they could have seriously, seriously negative effects in Australia. Well, don't they have ne serious negative effects everywhere in the world that they tried? QE could help artificially pump up house prices, creating a housing bubble as more money flows into the market, according to market researcher Ibisworld. Falling and even negative interest rates would help this as the cost of borrowing falls and Australians take on more debt to buy a house. So, you know what, let's just jump jump back here and we'll go to trading economics and let's just look at um, consumer data here for Australia. Household debt to GDP. Okay, and you can see here, you can see here, let's look at the max data. Just Just look at that figure there. Okay, do we need more household debt? I don't think we do. So in the case of a downturn, that could see over-leveraged Australians unable to make their repayments. And this is the issue that we're facing here. We haven't, when was the last recession? The recession Australia had to have the early 90s. Do you remember that? Do you remember interest rates getting so high? That's the thing, we have a whole generation that doesn't even have a concept of that, doesn't, doesn't even have a living memory of the last recession. And they happen to be the ones thinking the world is going to end in 18 months. I wonder if they'll apologize for all the disruptions when they realize it's not. Anyway, back to this article. QE could also see the Australian dollar, currently at around 10 years low, fall even lower, causing the cost of imported goods to soar. And, well, yes, guys, let's just jump over here from the Observatory of Economic Complexity. And we can see here what Australia is importing. That's what we're exporting. This is what we're importing. All of that will go up. That'll have a cost of living impact on every single Australian. Despite those risks, the RBA may have no choice unless the federal government comes to the stimulus party. Yes, it does. We could go in recession. We could go in a recession, clear the dead weight out of the economy and experience a bit of pain. <laughs> Do you think... Do you think any political party would actually have the capability to do that? The diagnosis of an ailing Australian economy is widely accepted, but it's how to treat it that's increasingly proving contentious. Despite unconventional methods like negative interest rates and quantitative easing, receiving the full endorsement of Reserve Bank of Australia Governor Philip Lowe, the man ultimately responsible for them, others remain highly skeptical. Well, yes, it's because every time the Reserve Bank says anything, it's usually, oh, that was unexpected. That was unexpected. Their modeling isn't working. You've got to remember every model, every model of a complex emergent system is a simplification of it because it is impossible for us to capture. Well, if you believe in quantum, quantum physics, if you measure something at a quantum level, you change its measurement or you change the outcome, you influence the outcome. So how is it possible that we can actually measure a complex system and accurately model it and predict the future. Can someone, someone explain to me how. Okay, maybe I'm going a bit off, off the rails here, but just the complexity of our economy is to such a point that we can't even 
measure it accurately and we're trying to make forward predictions on our data data. So that's because having never, having never been tested, the effect of tools like QE, where a central bank prints more money in order to purchase government bonds and other safe assets is not entirely known. Well, yes, it is. It's happened in Japan. It's failed. The ECB, European Central Bank, has pretty much announced they're doing it forever. How's their economy going, guys? They, they don't want to let uh, Britain leave because they, aren't they propping it up? So the RBA has started that it would consider using a QE-style program to inject more money into the economy. Ideally, the recipients of these funds would use them to make greater investments and generate economic activity. However, the effectiveness of this policy in Australia is likely to be limited given the existing abundance of money supply. IBIS World Senior Analyst Jason Aravanis said in a note to the Business Insider Australia. One thing to consider is Steve Keens. So his suggestions, maybe looking at a modern version of a debt jubilee. That would be interesting. Can you ever see it happening? Now we need to keep the keep the plebs poor, guys. Keep the plebs poor. Yeah, drown them in debt so they'll never wake up to what's going on. You know, create social disharmony between your your different uh, groups of populace and cause division there so they'll never unite and, and realize they're all just being sucked dry in money. Uh, see, I'm too cynical in the morning. <laughs> so Ibis World warns. A QE program would help push the price of less risky assets up as the RBA buys them, reducing their rate of return and forcing Australians to take on more risk to get the same results. That could in turn see Australians up for plenty of heartache if the country were to then enter a recession as the value of riskier assets plummets and their wealth is eroded. But that's not all. It is also possible that these funds will flow into the property market instead. Well, yeah, where else are they going to go? Australia is a primitive economy. Where else are they going to go? I and mean, he, he, I'll bring up a quote. This is a quote from, from Matt Berry. And this is in 2016. 67% uh, of Australia's GDP growth, the growth in their GDP, came from the cities of Melbourne, the city of Melbourne, where both state and federal governments have done everything they could to fuel a runaway housing market. The small, small area from Sydney's CBD to Macquarie Park is in the middle of an apartment building frenzy that alone contributed 24% to the country's entire GDP growth for 2016. 24% of the entire growth in 2016 went into that area. So, you know, it's a pretty safe bet to better carton that it's all going to go in the property market. Where else is it going to go? Is it going to go into our advanced IT sector? What, what what is it going to go to maybe maybe feminist courses at universities and more social studies yeah sure come on come on guys seriously it's going to go to property what else do we have consequently may, maybe maybe it'll go to nuclear power wouldn't that be good you know cheaper electricity for every australian consequently this measure risks only further inflating housing prices rather than stimulating the economy he said in other words qe could more likely creating a housing bubble than what the economy really needs. Significant growth of jobs, wages, and spending. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? We, we don't need to artificially have the state moving money around. And okay, it's a private bank, but still, same effect. We need to reduce red tape. We re need to create special economic zones, and we need to be very strategic with where, as a nation, 
we push our resources. We need to create incentives for business to set up in Australia. Maybe reduce taxes, reduce taxes, reduce red tape. Okay, how many people do you know don't want to even employ someone here? I know someone left a comment uh, yesterday on a video bitching and moaning how their boss had, you know, new tires and all just pretty much complaining that they weren't getting any of the advances of their boss and they haven't got a pay rise in years. And I wondered, well, okay, then you're, you're stupid because you haven't quit, get a better job, or maybe start up your own business and do a better job than your boss. Okay, it's a lot harder, to, you know, when you take on the risk, you can often get rewards, you can get the new tires on your four wheel drive. Or you can lose everything. You put your house on the line. You know, people don't understand the struggles of small business. It's not all roses, guys. Honestly, sometimes you have to pay your staff before you pay your mortgage, you know, before you pay yourself. You know, let me know in the comments if you've been in small business and you know, you've had a client that hasn't paid, but you've had to scrape together enough to keep the guys going. I know I have. It's bloody annoying, particularly when millionaire clients just don't pay on time because they don't have to. The threat of a housing bubble has already been raised by the RBA itself. With low warning, falling interest rates could help create one of the costs of borrowing drops. Sorry, could help create one as the cost of borrowing drops. With the official interest rate at 0.75% currently, and with a prevailing consensus that it will be cut to 0.5% early next year, the RBA nonetheless seems to be throwing caution to the wind. So there you go. Further to that, Lowe has also warned QE and other unconventional tools. I thought QE was unconventional, but I'm learning now that it isn't. <laughs> I'm learning now that it isn't. Could be used once the rate hits that benchmark. If rates were to then go negative, that could add more fuel to the fire. Although Aravanus does believe they will have a net positive impact on the economy as more money move to, moves to, away from banks into the real economy. But will it? Will it? These institutions, who owns bonds? Institutions, what are they going to do? Buy back their stock to make their, their figures look better? Isn't that happening? I know, maybe they'll put it in WeWork. They'll invest in WeWork IPO. Oh, darn, it didn't go ahead. That's that's just, that's an interesting one. I'm, I'm hearing a whole lot about that. It's it's insane. These, these unicorns in the US that are listing that are making no money. We're, we are just living in an insane world. You know, the value of the Australian dollar could plunge as a result of unconventional monetary policy. The other major impact of QE is that it would discourage investment in Australia as investment returns decline. As demand for the Australian dollar decreases, it's currently at a 10-year low. So too will its value. While that's bad news for Australians looking to travel overseas or buy imported products, it's generally considered good for the economy by increasing demand for now cheaper Australian goods. Okay, the problem is we have a primitive economy. And I've discussed that in a video before and I'm going to link to that video up above because I didn't prepare it, where the complexity of our economy is such an extent that, you know, what do I have here? Everything's important. I went and bought pegs at Bunnings yesterday, timber pegs, imported. Everything is imported. What's manufactured here in Australia? What can we manufacture? We can't even make, toilets aren't even made here. We used to specify Caroma because they were manufactured in, in New South Wales the toilets, the ceramic toilets, because then it will be easier to replace them. And there's a certain level of quality in the product. Now, everything overseas, factory's gone. So guys, this isn't, this is the issue. It's going to have a flow on effect more than people realize. Our economy is so primitive now, 
it, we are like a, a we're turning into a little pacific island that depends on everything imported from new zealand so in the current economic climate however it's unlikely likely to help australia anyway by depreciating the currency, the RBA would potentially improve export competitiveness and deliver an increase in inflation by making imported goods more expensive. So that, see this, this here, this means your cost of living as a normal citizen will go up. The RBA wants to increase your cost of living. They want you to spend your money because it'll buy less now. They want to use that to stimulate the economy. They want to nudge and manipulate your behavior. Okay, how's that a good thing for the average Australian when you're struggling? For a pensioner, worked hard his whole life, savings, now earning no interest rate, how's that a good thing? However, this strategy's effectiveness is predicted on other central banks not seeking to devalue their own currencies. He said, well, there you go. So what do we have here? International policy rates, and you can see here, I mean, they look at Australia. Look at where we are heading. Damn. And there are more countries, or Eurozone is on zero, but you know, some banks are negative. So given that central banks in most of Australia's major trading partners have also recently cut their cash rate, it's unlikely that this method will deliver economic stimulus, he said. That's because as countries around the world cut their interest rates, the relative value of their currency is lower. As each currency depreciates at the same time, the advantage of a weak dollar is lost. Yeah, very good point. The best stimulus right now would be government stimulus. Okay, this is what we're hearing again, and I'm gonna to link to another video here. The problem is, I'll link to the false, the broken window fallacy. That is the issue here. I'll do another video looking at, um, at where some of this infrastructure spending is actually going, but just here's a question to you. In a primitive economy, where a lot of our, you know, we're digging stuff up and we're farming stuff up, is widening a road in the city gonna make that much difference? Is building the, you know, river rail tunnel here in Brisbane, is that going to make that much economic difference, you know, in the long term? That's the thing where we, you know, there's an example in this broken window fallacy where during the building education revolution, they would demolish a perfectly good building and replace it with another building that didn't meet the same requirements just to help stimulate the economy. That's not investment, guys. That's not, you look at these projects, they're all just roads. They're all just roads. Most of them are roads, you know? Our dam infrastructure hasn't kept up. I just went out west and it's dry as a bone out there. Power, we're generating stuff with you know, more renewables all the time. And I, I've realized I have a, an aversion to solar power now. Whenever I see it on the road, I see these farms with, you know, like five panels, they're hooked up to a grid. I'm thinking, why the hell does that guy need a subsidy for this stuff? And they don't. It's subsidized money. It's all been subsidized everywhere. You know, it's charity. It's broken window money. The be okay, so let's have a look. Given these arguments, Aravanas joined other con economists, including Lowe himself, in calling for the government, not the RBA, to spearhead stimulus measures. As the RBA has cut rates to zero, it has become evident that the capacity for monetary policy to meaningfully stimulate the economy is now marginal at best. In contrast, expansionary fiscal policy is likely to be far more effective in the current economic climate. Yes, but you can't just switch a flick a switch and stimulate the economy with the government. It's too slow. The government is a slow machine. 
you know, you could do maybe give people free money. You know, what will they spend that on? Guaranteed, it'll spend, look at debt, debt reduction. And I'll link to another video here where Queensland is pretty much doing the same thing. I'm just looking at the time over here, guys, is doing the same thing where they're pretty much handing out money to their civil servants and most of it's going to debt reduction. So that won't work as well. It's all to do with consumer confidence. What about, what about redu reducing GST? Getting rid of GST, six months of no GST, everything GST free. How do you think that would stimulate the economy? Would that keep more money in people's hands? Let me know what you think about that one, guys. While the government has remained steadfast in its refusal to sacrifice a budget surplus, economists worry that any surplus it achieves could be short-lived or worse harmful to the welfare of the Australian economy. It is an optimal time to ramp up fiscal spending on infrastructure or offer greater tax breaks to Australian households. With the deteriorating economic climate, it is clear that other policy objectives are more important than simply achieving a budget surplus in 2019-2020, he said. If the federal government were to conduct fiscal expansion, it would significantly benefit several industries across the economy. With no fiscal stimulus in sight, the RBA is looking to get impatient. So that's the thing. I mean, this is the, the one solution everyone jumps to, just the money. Government picking their preferred preferred sectors to stimulate. Now, how is that going to be any different to the housing boom? Won't it flow through to that? Won't it just cause an inflation in infrastructure spending? You know, that's the thing. It'll be rushed. Let me know what you all think, guys. Do you think it is the solution? What about actually getting tax cuts to people day to day? Or well, I know, I know. How about forcing the states to get rid of their petrol excises? How much bloody tax do we pay on petrol? How much of a day-to-day -day effect is that happening on your having on your lives? I drove, we drove out to Benduma Dam, and of course I missed the turn, so we ended up going along the Toowoomba Bypass, you know, which was a significant infrastructure project, big road, pretty road, built so people could avoid Toowoomba. By the time it's finished now, the traffic has decreased because there's a lot of trucks and you know for the mining industry, every all the boom going through Toowoomba. And there was, hard, there was virtually no cars on it. It was a tall road. I got to go on it for free. Looked nice. Is, is that, you know, what's happening now with the ongoing economic benefit of that infrastructure investment? So guys, let me know what you think in the comments. What would your solutions be? Please like, share, and subscribe to the channel and the content. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to help me produce more videos like this, I have a subscribe star and a Patreon, and every little bit helps. Thank you all very much, and I'll talk to you later today. Take care, guys.